All right, here we are with the man, the myth, the legend, Marcus Beer. Marcus, <laughs> it's been a long time since anyone's seen you, and I think a lot of people are concerned with how you're doing. What is the latest update? Oh, what is the latest update? Well, um, I'm 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 alive. <laughs> That's the good one. Um, yeah, I, I am actually getting treatment for uh, angina right now. That's uh, one of the side effects of. Uh, in fact, just let's just rewind and go back to the beginning. First of all, thank you. Shane, because Shane was obviously one of the first people who started the uh, medical fund for me, uh, which has been a, an absolute godsend, to be honest with you. But what happened was I had the heart attack. Um, and then I, 24 hours later, I had the second one, which is the Widowmaker. And it was because that's, um, of all the arteries going into the heart, two of the three main ones were 100% blocked. The remaining third one was 70% blocked. So basically, on the last couple of days, I'd been functioning on like 10% of my blood supply. Uh, and I basically gave up the ghost at about 10 p.m. on a Saturday night. I was actually in this very games room. Um, I was playing, I think I was playing Fallout 4 on my laptop. And Spike, the, the Wonder Dog, uh, decided, he heard me gasp. And he came in here and started barking because Shauna was in the, in the next room. And she knew something was wrong because I didn't tell him to shut up. So she came in. And fortunately, because, you know, we'd gone through the foster training process, we both knew CPR. So she knew what was happening. She got me on the floor, um, which, you know, considering I've got a good 150 pounds on her. She got me on the floor. She did the CPR to keep me going. She called the ambulance, the paramedics. They were there within four minutes. They kept me going for another um 11 uh 12 minutes i think all told uh during which time i was technically dead um so they kept me going until they got a response then they got me in the ambulance and got me down to huntington hospital where they put um five metal stents into my heart so basically these micro mini little metal things that are uh force my uh, arteries open because the plaque had clogged them, you know, the I'm pr genetically predisposed to clogging, but the cigarettes hadn't helped. The diet cokes over the years hadn't helped. The predilection for half a ton of chocolate and foie gras and steak and all that, you know, they hadn't helped, and it had just mounted up. So yeah, they kept they kept that open, and um, you know, then put me into the hypothermic coma for a week. The good news is I don't remember a thing. I remember the day before. Uh, driving, which is when the first heart attack hit, I just thought I had heartburn. That's how rock star I am. I actually got out of the car, had a cigarette, thought I was fine, and then good. Oh man! Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, the first thing I really remember is the following Friday um, and seeing Shauna. But yeah, apparently it was not fun for anybody. But yeah, so that's basically been everything you know that was medically wrong. They put a sixth stent in a month later um because i was still having issues and um i'm now prone to this thing called angina which is basically my new improved and uh, free and clear veins and arteries are actually getting the blood they should and they're kind of like stressed out by the overwork oh wow so every morning five days a week i go down to huntington hospital and they strap me into a bed and they put um like the blood pressure cuffs they put two uh, one on each thigh and one on each calf so that's four in total and then i sit there for an hour while they pump air and basically pump the blood around my body forcing my heart to work harder which is great it's building new veins new arteries new uh new pathways um the downside is 
hurts like a bugger. Um, but again, I've got another two weeks. But then eventually I won't have angina anymore, which means I come off some more painkillers and I come off some more of the medication. So with supplements and everything, I'm about 15, I think I'm on 15 tablets a day right now, which wow. is, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a one-man pharmaceutical um, money-making scheme. Um, but yes, uh, look, I... I'll be honest with you, I shouldn't have survived the heart attack. I shouldn't have survived the ambulance ride. I shouldn't have survived the coma. Um, shouldn't have survived the, the surgery without having some major, major side effects. Uh, the only real issue, apart from the fact that I'm just tired all the time and I've put on a bit of weight because I'm not exercising in any way, shape or form, is that my concentration is a bit spotty. Uh, my memory, I really can't remember much, to be honest with you, about most of December or January. Of uh, in the last year and now, but I'm getting better. I am sleeping, you know, I'm sleeping at decent times. I've got an exercise bike for when this uh, um, this uh, is finished. This this treatment will be on the exercise bike. I'm gonna drop twenty pounds, and then uh, I can get on with my life. I haven't had a cigarette since (laughs) the day of the heart attack. Um, I've cut soda out of my life. I am on iced tea, (laughs) iced Earl Grey tea. I'm not having coffee anymore. Uh, pretty much off dairy, um, and it's it that was hard at first. I mean, you have no idea what it's like walking around Target when you see those rows upon rows of M and M's and raisinets <laughs> and Coke Zero and Mexico. And I'm like, I don't think I can ever come in here again. But I was there yesterday, and I walked past all that with no problem at all. I mean, I have trail mix instead of a bowl of M and M's now. Uh, so yeah, I'm making the changes just to make sure I'm be, I'll be around for another thirty odd years, hopefully. Uh, but it's, you know, I saw my cardiologist on Tuesday morning and he's very pleased with me. He doesn't want to see me again until November, which is a good sign. I mean, when a doctor doesn't want to see you, you're on the right track. Um, so yeah, I've just got to keep on plugging and then, you know, I'm, I'm still going to be in recovery until probably next March because that was the date of the last major procedure. And then, you know, I want to start getting back slowly into the work routine in January um, maybe doing some consulting, who knows, uh, maybe even turn up and pop up with you every now and again. I know Pact has been bugging me. I mean, oh. <laughs> He's been bugging me. Yeah. He's well, been begging I mean, for it. Uh, I've not been able to drink too much scotch either. So, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, but, you know, maybe we'll do the Christmas uh, boat ride this year. But, yeah, that, that's basically been, you know, the the highs and lows. I mean, obviously, one of the other issues was that we were foster parents when we had, when this thing happened. And, the little baby who we thought would be our adoptive child, um, they had to relocate him to another family um, because I couldn't look after him and Sean was working and you know I couldn't even pick him up for the longest time. So uh, it was best, I think, all around for everybody, which means we're not parents anymore. Um, and you know we have to reevaluate that now because I have to get healthy before we can take care of anybody beyond a cat, uh, four cats and a dog. Uh, so yeah, uh, but... Uh, on the whole, look, I am, I'm lucky. I am not a believer in, uh, a, you know, a big sky finger or whatever it is looking after us all. I mean, I only believe in Santa, but I am, you know, a big believer in positive thought and everybody, you know, all the, the sifted crew and everybody in the industry. I mean, it was so nice. I mean, Shauna gave me my iPad, I think, on the, the Friday after I came out of the coma and she just said, go to Facebook and take a look at the messages and you know 
I'm not afraid to say I shed a tear. I was very touched. It was very, very nice to see how many people cared. Although, you know, it did take me dying for the bastards to really sort of like say they like me. I mean, you know, I, all this time me thinking everybody just tolerated me, but and, and who knew? But no, but um, as you can see, I'm doing good. I'm recovering. The brain, you know, the brain has been the biggest issue. Getting the concentration back, reading like I used to, playing games like I used to. I don't, you know, I have, for the longest time I haven't been able to put in more than an hour into a game. So that will change. A better change. I just spent five hundred odd dollars on a Scorpio. So <laughs> when that thing arrives, I, you know, I better be playing it, or otherwise the wife will hit me with it. <laughs> well, let's talk about that a little bit. Obviously, you have a lot of time, just kind of relaxing and taking it easy. Uh, what games have you been playing, Marcus? What have been what's been resonating with you? Ooh. I I mean I got the, I got the PlayStation VR and you know look I've been saying for years that VR is the next big thing VR is the the, the way forward for games I mean some will say it's you know esports and shit like that I say no um, I love the PSVR Star Trek it's not the it's not exactly the most technically challenging super advanced intricate game. But when there's four of you on a Tuesday night with, you know, some substances being consumed by some people and, uh, you know, a, a scotch or two as well for me, uh, it's brilliant. I mean, just getting through the various missions, talking, bullshitting. Um, I mean, you and I talked about the, the uh, was it the werewolves among us? That's great. I mean, it is really, really a shit ton of fun. Uh, and I, I heartily recommend it. I mean, I'm hoping that Sony continue to do a bunch of VR stuff. I mean, obviously, Fallout VR is about to hit, um, and which means that now, after two years of playing Fallout 4 on my, my laptop, I'm now going back to go and put it on the PS4 because I want to play on, you know, I want to play that. Uh, and I got to say, you know, VR... If you can get it on a PC now that the prices are down, or get it on the PlayStation, and hopefully Microsoft will come with something beyond Hololens. Um, that's the way. That's the way forward, and I'm I'm a big fan. It's just it needs to come down in price. It really does. Have you found yourself uh, having any problems with motion sickness? No, you're lucky. Not at all. Which I did with the very first iteration of Oculus. Um, the very first time I tried it, I. Um, I got the the demo on the Bethesda booth, um, and it was Doom Three for VR. And I, I've, I've made the crack over the years that VR must be amazing because it made Doom Three playable and enjoy and enjoyable. <laughs> um, but it did make me motion sick. And this time around, I don't have any issues. And look, I mean, I I'm on the the specs now, pretty much full time, wearing the glasses, and I can wear my glasses in there, no problem. Um, I really just I really really dig it. So now, what convinced you? to buy an xbox one x well um the xbox one that i had that i got sent at launch back in the days when i was somebody in this industry and had a you know <laughs> a TV always be segment. someone in this industry yeah, i'm like something um no when i when i had the mvc segment I, I got the the launch ps4 which is ticking along nicely thank you and i got a launch xbox one and it turns out that xbox one's do not like cats vomiting into their fans. <laughs> Our oldest cat, CJ, who is 19. She's obviously a Sony fan cat. Um, I caught, I basically, it was, uh, the, the Xbox One was in our living room before I read it, you know, redid the office. 
because we're using it as a DVD player and everything else. And I heard her retching, and I went to, to see, and she was sitting on top of the Xbox One because it's nice and warm, and she threw up all the way into it, and I just, because it was in low power <laughs> mode, and I just heard a... That's it. Okay. That's done, and I didn't. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I had more PS4 games than I had uh, Xbox One games, yeah. and when I saw what they were doing with Scorpio, um, I, you know, that to me it'll be you know the next individual iteration. I mean, it's it's like nowadays where you get an iPhone five or an iPhone six or a Galaxy seven or a Galaxy nine. I mean, you know, you just jump in between. So this one, you know, this hopefully will will last me a little while. Crackdown. I want my Crackdown next year. Um, you know, and now I've got with a PS4. It's not a pro; it's a PS4, and it's the PSVR, and that's taken care of on that side. And now, you know, the the next one's a little step up as well. And I want those Microsoft games back in my life. I can still play them on the PC, thankfully, with Windows, you know, Windows 10. But there's something to be said about you know the console stretching out on the on the couch, having it on the big jumbo TV. So. Yeah, um, that's why that's why I did it. I'm, you know, they just need to get their asses in gear and get that frigging crackdown game out. What about software, Marcus? A lot of people have been pretty critical of the lack of exclusive software for Xbox platforms over the last couple of years, and kind of looking forward to Xbox One X as well. I think Microsoft have Microsoft has sat on their they sat on their laurels for a long time. They had the lead with uh, with um, Xbox 360. And we all discussed this, that 360 came out the gate and killed PS3 at the beginning. But, uh, you know, Sony learned from it. Um, and that's why they dominated with, with the start of PS4. Everything they did was the right move, and they locked down the exclusives, and they didn't overpromise and underdeliver. Whereas Microsoft, we know they, they had the stigma of Kinect. They had the stigma of wanting to be this one-hub box, um, which is not why somebody's going to buy a $500 console. And we've said this before in the, you know, in numerous shows, both on game trailers and, you know, every on every friggin' network going. Um, Microsoft, I think, are learning. I thought their E3 press conference was pretty strong. Um, I think everybody had, had E3, a good, strong E3 press conference. I think this year is going to be good. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that they had they just had to pull their fingers out. And the fact that they've stopped making the Xbox One, uh, they confirmed that this week, didn't they? That they, they, did, they, yeah. they just made the very last Xbox One, which is fine. Well, actually, they confirmed uh, that they had stopped making the original Xbox when the Xbox One S launched. Yesterday, they announced that. Okay. So yeah, they I actually stopped producing it months and months ago, and nobody yeah. knew. Well, again, no, I mean, there's no need to, to make those those older versions. I mean, if only they can just turn back time now and drop Connect down a toilet. Yeah. Because um, that's you know, I'm looking forward to having a console that doesn't need freaking connect. I mean, ironically, the you know Microsoft, uh, sorry Sony, have come through with something that you need a camera for. Yeah. In the VR. So if Connect worked with a VR uh, thing, it would be become totally viable. Marcus, you've been in the industry for a long time. You've been an analyst in the industry, a consultant. You and I did hundreds of episodes of Invisible Walls. We did the first, I think, fourteen or fifteen episodes of Game Face together. With all this in mind, where do you see the industry really headed? I mean, I know you said you like VR, but it's not doing especially well. Do you think that that's really kind of the next frontier? I think it is when it gets cheaper. I think VR is not going to go away. Um, we've seen some experiments, Google Glass, HoloLens. Um, we know that we are years away from having a full projection room. 
you know, like, like Microsoft and, and a couple of others have been right. been going on about. I think on the tech side, that's where we will go because the the PCs are getting more powerful. And you know, when people start getting the the PCs, another the consoles are basically glorified PCs anyway. Yeah. Um, I still think that that is the long term goal for the industry for immersion because you can't beat it when it can take a tired platform genre and invigorate it just from this just different angle yeah what could it do for you know um no man's sky for fallout for you know any you know the the batman game was kind of limited but still really really fun because it's that novelty and when people start taking advantage of it and actually evolving beyond the novelty and putting that framework together with multiplayer that sort of level of fun is just great that's where i would like to see the industry go on the tech side where do you think it's really going though i think we're going to be stuck in a league of legends dota uh overwatch hell games as a service Um, you mean where somebody you pick up a game and you play it for years and years i think well it's going to be games that are just fast food gaming it's going to be fast food gaming where the diet's not really going to help you. We're going to end up, unfortunately, the, the you know the the games that we used to play where there were 60, 70, 80 hours of single player. They've they've been going over and over, and we've seen this you know with Call of Duty over the years. That stuff's been been you know refined down, refined down, refined down, and now they they, they put the big set piece moments into multiplayer battlefields, which are great to look at and a sense of achievement when you're playing it. I still want to be playing the same map over and over again, or the yeah. same six maps. I kind of grew out of that in the late 90s after playing Doom and Heretic and Rainbow Six. And, you know, I, you want the new content, but you also, you know, I want a better challenge uh, that's beyond somebody just sniping me from a distance. I mean, um, the one game that is kind of interesting me is uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Have you played it yet? I haven't. I've I've been my finger's been hovering. I'm 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 now torn because it's um it's going to be out on Scorpio. It is. So do yeah. I play on Scorpio or do I double down and end up buying two copies, put one on you know on on this uh, on this laptop and play that? Um, that one's obviously doing doing great guns. Oh yeah, uh, that's, eight, mil- that's, eight million sold already. Yeah, for uh, it's not even finished though. Yeah, I, I mean know. it's still technically it's in green light. Crazy. Um. But yeah, again, people are having fun, and but it's not ultra. My understanding is it's not ultra quick games. It's not like five seconds and you're dead. No, uh, it's not. I mean, the games can take a while, but I think the key to PUBG, as the kids call it, is that once you do die, you can immediately jump out of the game, and literally within a minute, you're playing another one. And I think that's <laughs> kind of it's uh, the trick that keeps people hooked on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm I'm looking forward to it, and again, I want to see. You know, I you know I play the MMOs. I mean, I just re-upped um, Warcraft, World of Warcraft, for the umpteenth time to take a look at the new expansion. Um, and WoW is still is still great. And I just think that I'm surprised you're still playing. Wow, that's crazy. Well, I just wanted you know I wanted to go in and have a look. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to make excuses. It's fine. <laughs> well, I'm I'm playing uh, Elder Scrolls Online as well. I mean, since yeah. that went you know technically free to play, right? They evolved that game because it was a disaster when it launched. Yeah. But now it's really really good, and I'm still hoping for a Fallout one. But you know, these uh, I would love to see the MMOs come back and 
take advantage of the newer technology. And I just want a bit more of a, you know, I want to be, I want to go beyond the fast food gaming. I want a three course meal. And I think it's because I'm older. I mean, I, yeah. I don't have my, while I may not have the, the, the time that I used to have to burn into a game. And I know people are saying that's ironic now because I'm in recovery and so on, <laughs> but I actually do sleep a lot. I mean, after this, I'm going for my afternoon nap because again, I had the treatment this morning. Um, yeah, I mean, I miss being pulled in and immersed in that world. And I think, you know, it's also, it's also you know, getting old. I mean, I'm 47 this year. I know you're 68 and you're looking good, though. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, we, you know, when we started off playing games, we weren't playing games for, like, five minutes and then, like, game over, we've been sniped or whatever. Yeah. We'd play for hours on end. And I think it's just, you know, the, the market is changing. The people are changing. The mar- the younger generations, they, they're switching away from the TV. They're, they're all tuning into YouTube and Twitch and watching the games being uh, streamed, which I still think is the most boring thing on the planet. And again, <laughs> no offense to those who stream the games. No offense to those who, um, you know, watch. If you're enjoying it, more power to you. But... I mean, you know, it could be worse. You could be watching the Kardashians. That's I mean, that's watching, absolutely true. Yeah, watching Rocket League on on NBC Sports on a Sunday night way better than watching reality TV crap. Um, but again, still, it just boggles my mind that people will fill auditoriums to watch this. And I'm not saying it's because you know there's no skill involved because there obviously is skill and talent involved. I just think the you know it's the most boring thing in the world to to watch somebody else play a game. I want to play it myself. And, you know, like I said, I think we're different. I mean, I remember when we'd sit at game trailers and one of us would be in the bay playing a game, recording in the video, and people would just come up behind and start watching but want to get their hands on the controller. They want to get the, you know, get it away a from chance, you. yeah. Yeah. Do you think that um, eSports are going to be as big as a lot of people are saying right now? The ratings for eSports on television are rock bottom. I mean, literally just terrible. Um, it's not the medium. And uh, you're right. I mean, look, a lot of people watch it on Twitch, but I think ultimately, though, for esports to kind of have the revenue stream, it's going to need to kind of hit the mainstream and become an accepted sport among more casual people that it needs to be on television. Do you ever see a day where that might happen and it might be a, a success? Um, I would, and look, and this is somebody, again, who finds esports incredibly boring. I, I think TV needs esports more than esports needs TV. That's a good point. Uh, I think the networks know that, uh, especially in the U.S., viewer figures for the NFL are in the toilet. People yeah, are getting quite sick of watching, you know, when you know what's going on with the players who've got concussions and you see all the bullshit with Kaepernick where he's getting, you know, kicked out of, or blackballed, if you will, or whiteballed um, because of his protests. And then there's guys who beat the crap out of their girlfriends or wives who just get six-week suspensions uh, people are getting tired of that hypocrisy. People are tired of how much everything costs for a jersey, for a game day experience, if you can even get a ticket without going to you know, uh, a tout. And if you're watching it on TV, you have to buy the NFL package. Yeah. And, you know, it's people are moving to uh, to look to other things. But, I mean, you know, the beauty of, uh, you know, our, our, our society today is that this generation that's coming through that are watching Twitch they are perfectly happy doing that on their iPad. They don't need perhaps the big screen experience that we like, you know, where I've got my 70-inch TV and my surround sound so I can watch Liverpool tonk Arsenal 4-0 on a Sunday morning. Um, 
you know you can you can watch your your, your beloved uh, Steelers. They don't need that. Yeah. They don't, they're perfectly happy to, to be on the smaller devices, have a more intimate uh, intimate thing, and react and you know and interact with people as they do it. Do you think that's uh, really the rub with esports on television is that it lacks that interaction because you don't have sort of that built-in chat with the community right there? Which is a good thing because the last thing you want on your television network is somebody saying, "Show us your tits." Yeah, I mean that's something that broadcast will never be able to offer, right? Because of that very reason, everything needs to be screened before it goes to air. Yeah, well, I also, th- I mean, I also think that that uh, while again, that I understand why people want that level of interactivity and uh, connectedness. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a good idea because yeah. we've seen what's happened. We've seen what's happened in the games industry in general, and, and then how that's become a microcosm of what's affected, you know, Britain and and the and the US and you know certain sections of the world over the last eighteen months to two two years. Um, when people without knowledge or experience or dare I say common sense uh, are allowed allowed to voice an opinion, they will go to the lowest common denominator. They will harass somebody to say, get your boobs out, or they will say, they call somebody, uh, you know, a homophobic slur or racial slur just to get a reaction. Attention, yeah. Yeah, and I... Honestly, you know, there's a reason why I did my own little podcast for a while called No Comments Allowed, which I put on uh, SoundCloud. And that was the idea. It was me talking about something I knew a lot about, passing my opinions on something I knew a lot about, the opinions that have been curated over a 25-year period, quarter of a century. Um, And then no comments. I'd interact with a couple of people over Twitter or whatever, but I didn't want anybody coming in there and just bitching and moaning. I just think that, you know, I've said this before, the advent of the internet has given people a voice. Um, but what we have found is that voice, on a lot of occasions, deserves to be silenced. <laughs> You're right. All right, one last question before I let you go. Um, okay. Since you've kind of been out of journalism and kind of critiquing games for a while, where do you think everything is heading? Um if you look kind of across the industry right now, you look at the editorial staffs of most of the major sites, the few that are left, uh, most of the people that are working on them are 20, 22 years old, 24 years old. Um, I mean, you know, you could argue that it's a salary dump or maybe that's just what people resonate with as younger people. Uh, where do you think it's all going, Marcus? I think the games industry has an age problem and is struggling with it. It's because, uh, I mean, we've grown up with the industry. We've grown older with the industry. And I'm fortunate there is still, and I, you know, again, something I've said for a very long time, there is still a perception that video games are a young man's gig or a young woman's gig or a young person's gig. Yeah. Uh, when it isn't, people of all ages can play games and enjoy them. Uh, and I think you see, yes, the salary dump is an issue. We've gone from print to uh, to online, we've seen ad revenues tank. We've seen we've gone to the worst possible scenario of the influencer. There's a re- reason that influence rhymes with effluence because effluence is shit, and so are <laughs> most of these influencers. Yeah, you show some, you show me somebody with fifty thousand followers on Instagram, and they they're hawking this, that, and the other, and they're getting paid for it and not declaring it given the FCC rules that are in place. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you saw EA's press conference at E3 where it employed a lot of the quote-unquote influencers and they ended up 
doing not I don't want to be too mean but they did not do a great job and you know obviously you have millions of people watching and there's when it's live there's no there's no do-overs what up guys thank you for having me EA if you guys don't know who I am my name is Jesse Wellens and I am a YouTube creator so I am here to talk about need for speed um, payback uh, if you guys didn't know need for speed payback I'm um <laughs> yeah it's a great game look when I went to heart to have my heart surgery done I went to a you know it was a cardiologist not a barista <laughs> if you're gonna host a press conference to millions of people around the world on a multi-billion dollar industry with IPs like Star Wars Battlefront, FIFA, Madden, um, and, you know, Titanfall, uh, and whatever you've got. The Need for Speed yeah. game is probably the worst of them all. You don't, you don't pick fanboys. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Fan is short for fanatic. And, we, you know, again, the problem we have had in the games industry for the longest time is that there have been way too many fanboys. And now because... Everybody wants their personal validation. Therefore, the, it's like validate my decision. You know, I mean, I exp if if I was a total moron, I'd expect you to say I was wonderful and brilliant for being brave enough to walk in, uh, to order a Scorpio. But it's my fucking choice, my money. Yeah, it is. I don't need a pat on the head for saying that. Uh, it's and you know, you're not getting it from me anyway. <laughs> well, the, the, but this is it. I mean. I shouldn't expect that. I shouldn't yeah. expect my choices and preferences to be con uh, be validated and accepted by everyone. I shouldn't have somebody saying, well, oh, you're wonderful. You're going to go and get, you know, uh, P-Bug, Bug, you know, Player Unknown, Bug, Pug, Bug, bug the chicken dinner PUBG. game. <laughs> yeah, PUBG, there you go. Uh, it's like, or, or, you know, you haven't bought a Switch yet. You're an arsehole. Right. Which is something that, you know, you do get. I mm know -hmm. I'm not buying a Switch. Um, it's not for me. People are loving it. Great. I have problems with Nintendo. I always have. And those problems continue when they continue to under-service the market just so that they can have the cachet of some of a, a product that's scarce. Yeah, That's the only reason they do it. If they put enough out there to satisfy demand, people will be a lot, lot happier. Plus, I still can't stand Zelda. So, <laughs> and again, you know, I've got nothing against people who... Even though Zelda's a lot like uh, Bethesda's open-world action RPGs now. You still still didn't resonate with you. Uh, look, I, ha I haven't played Zelda on the Switch. I mean, I, I played the last one on the, the Wii or whatever, or the Wii U or whatever it was on. I can't remember. But, I mean, it's just not my cup of tea. I know you are a huge Zelda fan. Yeah, and I honestly I got... didn't... I did not like the new Zelda as much as most. I liked it a lot and thought it was good, but... I, I feel like once it changed genres, it was held to a different standard. And for me, comparing it to the best open world action RPGs in the genre, to me, it fell short. I think a lot of people were looking over a lot of flaws because it was it Zelda and it sort of had that paint on it. Well, I, I think that and that is a still an issue. I mean, you know, you, we go back to we touch back to that fanboy issue. People will bow down and kiss the turds that come out of some some people's asses because it has Zelda attached to it or Metal Gear or Gran Turismo or you know whatever game whatever games we're talking about and, and nothing is judged on its own individual right anymore um I mean I got caught up in it Fallout 4 I I, I loved Fallout 4 when it first came out but then I started to realize it wasn't as good a game as I hoped because it didn't have a lot of the options that Fallout 3 and New Vegas had yeah
um, you know, and that's and we we we're all guilty of that. Um, but I think that if the, this industry is to evolve, um, it has to do something that the rest of the planet hasn't been able to do, and basically start giving people, you know, get, getting a consumer base that's actually quite respectful. I'm not going to call somebody a dick because they're a Zelda fan. Right. Marcus from maybe six years ago <laughs> might have because, well, you know, I played it, I just couldn't see it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've got uh, maybe grown up a little, God forbid. Um, but I respect that people do enjoy these games. The same reason they do enjoy Final Fantasy, which you know, the last one uh, to me looked like the Backstreet Boys on on tour. Yeah. I, I not my cup of tea at all. I mean, you know, like I said, I finished with eight. I loved eight. That was it. Um, but I'm not going to slag you off for playing Animal Crossing, even though I tried it and it bored me to tears. But I just don't think we can do that anymore. I just think as a, you know, we need as a society to basically have our asses kicked and get to get to the, the situation of, well, we will respect our dif- each other's differences. Unless you're a Nazi. If you're a Nazi, you can fuck yourself. <laughs> um, and here we go. This is where it'll be. Oh, Marcus Beer brings politics into it, into it, blah, 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 blah. Look, if you're a Nazi supporting, you know, all the crap that's uh, the, the bad crap that went on in Charlottesville, and you want to have your little right wing marches, 10 to 1, you're a Gamer Gator as well. So do us all a favor. It's not about ethics, it's about you being wankers. Um, <laughs> but I, look, we've got to grow up as an industry. We've all got to grow up as an industry. We've got to grow up as a society. We've got some great games coming out in the next tw- 12 months. I mean, yeah. we've got the new Red Dead. Yeah. Finally, we've got a new Red Dead. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> and it's ironic that. Um, I still think that the, the you know the best game of the last sort of like five years was the last GTA. Yeah, I mean it's still the top selling game all these I'm, years later. I'm playing GTA online. <laughs> I'm going in and play, and now they they're actually doing uh, you know a, a, a sort of an update that's going to make it kind of um, you know player unknown battlegrounds yeah. PUBG. Yeah, it just launched yesterday actually. Yeah. yeah. And I mean that's great because they keep on going and doing this, and I, you know, I've gone in and I still think that's the best game of the five, or maybe even the best game of the decade. I mean, beating out you know some of the others like the, the, the Fallout's and, uh, and Skyrim's and sales wise, it's not even close. I mean, it continues to be in the top ten every month because it's, it's a fantastic released. game over and over. Yeah, and look, I mean, I, I came late to the Red Dead party. I really did. I mean, Redemption was the was the one that I, I played, but I played, you know, after watching you guys playing it over and over, and I really began to enjoy it. Um, so yeah, the new the new one is going to be great. Um, we've got a bunch of cool indie titles coming, which are going to be a lot of fun for people. I've got my hopefully my crackdown. Got a new South Park game. That's right. Yeah, I'm excited the for fra- that game. Yeah, fractured but whole. I mean, look, if you haven't played Stick of Truth, by the way. If anybody out there has not played Stick of Truth, I just replayed it all the way through for like the third time. I've done once on PS3 and now twice on PC. And this time I actually went and made sure I got I, I got a walkthrough and got all the fun little bits. But it's still just one of the best written games. It is, yeah. Um, and it just goes, you know, that, that's great licensed content. So I know there's people who are going to be pissed that I don't like Overwatch or I don't like Hearthstone or I don't like... Um, you know, I don't want to get into, and it's not actually, it's not a question of not liking, they don't appeal to me, they're not my cup of tea. It's not, I don't hate them, but they're not my cup of tea. I mean, um, Fortnite is another one, Paragon, and more power to you know, these people who are doing this stuff. But, um, am I interested in um, Destiny, Destiny 2? I played the beta, felt like Destiny to me, 
Yeah, I thought the campaign was a, a lot better than the first Destiny, though. Okay, I mean, I I maybe need to put more hours into it, but again, I'll I'm might just wait again until the October release of the PC version. Right. Because apparently, you know, it's going to be better on Battle.net. It's um, looking great on PC. Yeah, but we've got a lot to be thankful for. Let's just hope that we still have a, you know, an industry and a planet and a country to enjoy it over the next... Like, I didn't go through all this shit just to have Korea blow us up, floods and, and earthquakes <laughs> and, and biblical, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and all the, you know, all this crap. I expect to be around for 40 years and that 40 odd years. And I want to be able to breathe. I want to be able to eat and I want to be able to drink water without having to sort of like drink it from my ankles because I'm, I've developed <laughs> web, web feet. So we just need to get with the program. Fair enough. All right. You got any uh, last messages for your fans? Still lots of fans out there, Marcus. We get requests from our users and random people on Twitter all the time trying to bring you back. Got a message for them? Uh, look, I really appreciate everything that everybody's uh, has said and done. I mean, the messages were, like I said, a little overwhelming in uh, the best possible way. Um, I don't know what I'm doing outside. I, I'll you never getting. have, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> I had a vague idea. I had a vague idea, but it, it is actually interesting that it's come up that right now, you know, I'm discussing this with my wife and some friends that I don't know my place in the world anymore. Yeah, because I am I'm in recovery. I'm not fit. I was never obscenely fit or anything like that. But you know, I could still go to the fridge to get a beer without getting out of breath. Right. Um, but now, like, you know, if I'm if I'm awake more than six to eight hours, I'm like, oh, um, so the actual health side of it apart. I don't know where I fit in the games world anymore. Well, you would fit um, with us. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> No, and I and look, I appreciate that. I mean, we've had our ups and downs over the years, but I mean, you're you know, you still the guy who gave me my start, and I will always love you for that. Uh, and you're always a good friend. I just don't know. I mean, I've been more interested in you know, I've been doing the Doctor Who podcast with um, a couple of guys on the Lonely Tardis team, um, watching a lot of movies, watching you know the 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 comic book stuff, the Defenders, and streaming a lot of that. Uh, you know, binging it and just enjoying getting back into that. But that shit don't pay the bills. Yeah. So I've got to figure out where I want to be and where I want to go. And I don't know whether it's coming back into the media commentary side because, again, it's a young man's gig to a certain degree. Uh, I mean, you know, I watch uh, a lot of podcasters out there, <laughs> like the Game of Tag Radio Boys. Those guys are absolutely brilliant. Um, how they get their energy and still have wives and children and lives is just beyond me because I get exhausted watching them. I see how hard you work. Um, and I've just got to figure out what I want to do. Do I go back to consult? Because that was kind of fun, just going there, going to people's, uh, to game companies, playing their games two years in advance and evaluating them and offering suggestions. It was actually so much fun and very rewarding. Well, you're uh, seeing stuff way before everybody else. Before anybody. Yeah, but I also yeah. get a chance to make a change. You're I mean, right. and, uh, make a difference. Yeah, yeah, without people thinking, oh, he's just a PR guy, right? You know, because when I was in house and offering that, it's like, oh, he's just a fucking PR guy. Right. But now it's there is a, a little bit of weight to that. So I don't know. We'll see. What you know, the goal is get me back working early next year, and um, you know, you know, I will turn up. Um, maybe I'll do something. You know, with you and Pactor over Christmas, we can you know we can do do a romantic boat ride. On the on the canals of Long Beach with uh, on his boat, um, 
but yeah, I just I'm very grateful to be here. I'm very grateful to my wife and my dog and the Altadena first responders and everybody at Huntington Hospital, my cardiologist and everybody out there who's just said and and done nice things and uh, I mean, you know, the we were lucky. We had pretty good insurance. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I met my out-of-pocket and deductibles on February the 13th of this year. Wow. But moving forward, I'm still paying. Uh, well, I will be paying just for the rest of my life. First couple of six, at least six grand in medical expenses every year yeah. moving forward just for the pills. Yeah. Um, you know, look, look, what we've tried to do is with the money that people donated to us, We've put we've put a lot of it to one side to take care of the excess, but we've also paid it forward as well, where we've donated to various charitable issues or people in similar situations oh, who've great. lost somebody. So basically, you know, everything that you guys have done for me, I've tried to pay forward in uh, you know in, in in the best way possible. So yeah, I just you know thank you. I'm still uh, around. I mean, I rarely get on Twitter nowadays. Um, I just generally tend to like it on Facebook. But, yeah, if you see me, just say hi. Uh, and I got nothing but love for you all and you in particular. And I just got to say that the um, I'm looking forward to you, seeing you switch to uh, Patreon next next week um, or this week, whenever this what, this goes out. But I think it's a great, you know, look, you've got a great service. You've got a great couple of, a bunch of shows. You do so much good stuff. I want to see this succeed. And here's hoping that you get the second bite, bite that you, uh, you know, of the apple that you deserve. Because we need something different. We can't keep on going to the mega networks. We, you know, IGN is not what it was. And there's still people there who, you know, I, I, I've worked with and you've worked with, you've known all down the years, and they're brilliant people. GameSpot is not what it was. Um, it's, it's nice to see something in Sifted that's not catering to fanboys. Yeah. And that's, that's the big deal. Stay away. No, no pandering. But you never know. No. You know, I'll never do that, Marcus. That's never exactly. been my well, mo. <laughs> that's the thing. We don't do pandering. Yeah. Fuck the pandering. Yeah. Well, look. This is episode one hundred. You were around for the first fourteen, fifteen episodes. Thank you. And I lived. Thank you for I lived to one hundred. I lived to one hundred. <laughs> that was, that. That's actually pretty good. Let's see if I make it to two hundred. <laughs> I think you will. That'll be man. good. I think All you right, will. Well, congratulations on one hundred. I'm so proud of you for everything that you've done. I mean, you rock. And to everybody out there again, thank you so much. And uh, we'll catch up soon. Mm-hmm.